Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello and welcome to show 278 from Engage with Success and Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jo Moffat, host for today's show. And for regular listeners, um, they will know that I am founder and MD of Woodread. We're a specialist ad agency uh, who put brand at the heart of internal communication and use the techniques and the skills and the insight and creativity that external marketers use to engage internal audiences and create high-performing cultures. Um, And I'm very pleased to um, be looking today uh, at the topic of how you go about building, not just building long-term engagement inside an organization, but how do you go about balancing that with the short-term business demands on a day-to-day basis? And to help us look at that topic and to share her considerable experience, um, I'm delighted to, uh, to welcome as our guest today, Helen Schick. Helen is Head of Internal Communication and Engagement at the Alzheimer's Society, um, so obviously a, a not-for-profit movement, uh, not-for-profit organization in, in the third sector, and we'll be finding out a little bit more from her about the, the challenges that they face as an organization and how her, her experience has been that you can indeed balance these two potentially conflicting demands. So welcome to the show, Helen. Hi, Joe. Thank you very much. Um, it's great to have you with us. And so we've got we've got about thirty minutes, um, as usual, to to talk around the topic. Um, and I think it is one that um, listeners, whatever sector they're involved in, whether they are in not for profit or whether they're in the public sector or whether they're working for a large PLC or small SME, we all have to juggle, don't we? We all have to juggle conflicting priorities of trying to look at the longer term, trying to look at the bigger, more strategic picture, but also. Uh, recognizing that day to day um, the organization has things that they need to convey, issues that they need to engage their workforce with. And I, I guess um, uh, Alzheimer's is, is uh, a story that will resonate with a wider audience. So um, before we get into the specifics, though, Helen, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your professional background and career? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been doing communications overall for about 17 or 18 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before that, I had a range of very unusual jobs. I was a vet's assistant. I've been an air hostess. I've been all sorts of uh, crazy things at the beginning, but then got into communication. Um, And I did think, I think think probably quite a um, common route, actually, um, that I started off in a mixed role, in media and marketing and um, mm-hmm. some celebrity um, advice um, mm-hmm. and that was with NFPCC um, and then I very quickly um, focused on internal communications it really is my passion um, and from there I went overseas for a while so I went to Australia and New Zealand and mostly worked with some of their big um, financial organizations and then mm-hmm. came back and came back to the charity sector so I did about seven or eight years with the British Red Cross um, mm-hmm. before then coming to Alzheimer's Society as their head of internal comms and engagement. And I've been here for two and a half years and mm-hmm. I love it. It's fantastic. Right. Lovely. And so tell me, why why is, our, is internal comms your passion, Helen? What is it about it that clearly floats your boat? I, I genuinely am absolutely fascinated by people. I just think it's 
I, I could never get tired of it as a as a topic. I think you they are fascinating and interesting and confusing and frustrating all at the same time. Um, and also, I think it's such an underused um, resource or opportunity. I just see in every organisation these incredible people who are sitting on all these skills and experiences, and quite often we're using just a fraction of them. Um, mm-hmm. So I think really genuinely engaging hearts and minds with an organisation just un- unlocks that sort of untapped potential, really. Right, yes. Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's certainly something that I, I share your passion and I share your belief mm-hmm. in the importance of it. And um, it's uh, it's interesting that your job role combines the two things, head of internal communication and engagement. Has, has that mm. has that always been the way they've looked at things at outside, at, at outside of society, Helen? Yeah, I think um, there's... For me, I've I've always thought that communication and engagement, um, they should it should be engagement through good communication. I think mm-hmm. so. I think mm-hmm. there's um, communication is is the tip of the iceberg. That's what you say and the the materials you produce, the comms you deliver, but the engagement is the the really exciting bit, and they are very good at that um, at Alzheimer's. We are very good at that um, at mm. Alzheimer's societies. That's involving people in the thinking and the decision-making, not doing to them, not doing too much broadcast, and making mm-hmm. it really conversational. Um, and that that's, that's um, I think, a really key part of our success. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the organisation then. Um can you tell us a little bit about the workforce there, the dynamic of the workforce? Because, of course, being a charity or not-for-profit, I'm imagining you have a, a considerable number of volunteers as well as headcounts. Yeah, so um, Alzheimer's Society has around 2,800 employees, and mm-hmm. we have about eight or 9,000 volunteers. So um, those are our sort of nearest and dearest volunteers. So those are the ones who really are an incredible um support to the organisation and then we have a wider set of volunteers um, who who maybe will only uh, help us a couple of times a year, still incredibly valuable, um, but those um, that immediate cohort is, is the people that we communicate with from an internal comms and engagement um, point of view. Mm-hmm. And just um, to sort of give an idea of the type of people that work there, um, Alzheimer's Society, th- this is why I'm so passionate about it, is that we do everything for um, and with people affected by dementia. So we're the only organisation who combines um, support. So we do uh, hands-on delivery of services and advice and information that helps people with dementia now. Um, Mm -hmm. We work in the community. So we're um, lobbying the government constantly um, to improve the situation um, and make the right decisions for people with dementia and make sure they can live um, well and happily in their own communities. And Mm -hmm. um, we do um, an extraordinary amount of research and make sure that we put research into practice as quickly Mm -hmm. as possible. So that's why I get so excited about it, because it's not one of those three things, it's all of those three things Um, but what that means for our people is Mm -hmm. um, that there is a really broad mix so we have researchers who who can be um, really academic they really love the detail we've got support people who are have very little access to um, computers and technology so hard to reach 
We've mm-hmm. got community-based people. We've got volunteers. We've got employees. So um, I'm sure it's something um, very similar to a number of organisations that certainly no one-size-fits-all. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And and as an organisation, as a, as a as a charity, um, such an important one and one that, that is increasingly touching on more and more of us in terms of our families and our friends and our colleagues and, and is about, um, sadly is only going to become more so I guess in, in the years to come Yeah it's um, uh, dementia is now the number one cause of death in the UK um, which is not a mm-hmm. chart you want to be topping for sure no, um, no. It's and it's I, I'm just always um, knocked out by everybody I talk to about where I work. I, I, almost everybody I would say says, "Oh, my my mum has dementia, or my grandma has dementia." Or, um, it seems that everybody um, is 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 touched by it, and mm-hmm. and the stats are are on the rise. So we know that by um, 2021, over a million people um, will be living with the disease. So. Um, it's something we should all be really paying attention to. Um, yeah. But you can still live well with, with the disease. Um, mm. And I feel really confident that given the the work and the attention that's going into it, we will one day um, find a cure. Mm. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, okay, so let, let's let's move on to the topic of, of the show today. So, because um, I think it's, it's, as I said at the start, it's some, a challenge that so many organisations face is how do you, and how have you gone about balancing the need to tr- attempt to build long-term engagement levels with your people, the, those, those very different workforce that you've described there? And how do, you, how do you balance that with the sort of day-to-day demands of the organisation to tell them, oh, they must know about this, we need them to understand about that? Yeah, it's it's been a, a puzzle for a long time, and I think it was it was actually thanks to Engage for Success that we hit on a model that really... Um, worked for us and um, I think probably the, the pivotal shift we did started with um, restructuring the internal comms and engagement team so we had a fairly standard team of um, uh, manager and um, officers and they basically um, spent most of their time focusing on the channels and mm-hmm. what you then seem to do is get into a bit of a hamster wheel um, situation where you're doing great stuff the team was phenomenal when I arrived and um, really great people um, but we were just on delivery mode all the time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, you bit can't see the the wood for the trees then. So what we were able to do was put in one additional role, and split the offices across um, delivery and development. So we then had some people who were able to keep the wheels turning and keep the channels telling our story, whilst we had a couple of roles who were focused on, but what do we need next year and the year after and five years after that, and that was really quite a big turning point for us yeah yeah so so you you literally had different people um that were responsible some were there to take a short-term view and concentrate on delivery through your existing channels and then there were a couple of others who actually were their job was to not think short term their job was to think longer term further down the line what should we be putting in place now to enable that to happen Exactly, and, and we had a, a we have a really strong focus on evidence-based engagement. So mm-hmm. we listen to what our people tell us. So the good bit about the development and the delivery side of things is the development team. I call them I call them like the brains and the body. 
So the right. brains listen to all the stats. They dive into our engagement survey. They're part of the employee forum. They listen um, to what the organisation needs. And then mm-hmm. they almost commission the body part to go out and do it like this. This is what people need to hear. This is how they need to hear it. This is what's working. This is what's not working. Then the mm-hmm. body reports back into the brain and says, yeah, that worked or that really didn't work. Let's never do that again. And we just continue that um data then action then back to data again format to keep learning as we go right right i mean you, we were talking off air before we came um before we came on um about your another part of your internal compassion is the passion to measure stuff and i guess this all mm. this all is now beginning to make sense to me i'm understanding where that comes from so um it's not just um you're not just doing it in the hope that this seems like a good idea you are producing the evidence yeah, and I, I think that also helps you get the buy-in from the senior team. Is um, more yeah. and more, I think, internal comms needs to prove its return on investment, um, and, and rightly so. I don't think any um, function within an organisation, particularly a charitable organisation, should be able to sort of operate on too much goodwill. Um, so I think being able to say, if we pull this lever, this is likely to happen. And um, and to be able to evidence how we're genuinely delivering on the society's objectives, so they can see something um, improvements against their um, what's on their minds and the tasks mm. they're being held to account for. Mm-hmm. And and when you talk about pulling on these levers, um, and you you touched on the engage for success model, um, is that what you mean? You know, like the four enablers. So you might pull on the enabler one which is the strategic narrative or the organizational purpose or you might pull on lever two with line managers for a bit or you might pull on lever three which is employee voice although it's, i have to say it sounds to me like you're pulling on employee voice all the time <laughs> with the various things you do mm, but, but is that is that yeah. what you mean you know you sort of tweak and you nuance different different um, drivers at different times yeah, so this is how we do the balance of the short-term, long-term piece, is we took those um, drivers um, of engagement and we created a, um, our, in, our own bespoke um, internal engagement framework. And mm-hmm. it, com- it sort of combines the drivers of engagement with the channels that we're using. So um, it, it looks at our one-way channels, it looks at our interactive channels, so our digital um, Yammer channels, Um, our events program, which is quite um, extensive. And then we take engaging managers as as a channel in themselves, um, as a channel to be um, developed and and, and nurtured. And Mm -hmm. then across um, those four pillars, we um, look at strategic narratives, so the story we're telling for the organization, um, and voice, so how our people are shaping that strategic narrative and how we're listening and acting. But the the great bit about that is how every year all we do is just pick and mix those um, six things mm-hmm. and decide what will be most effective this year. So these are the levers that we pull, and we pull the mm-hmm. lever that's most likely to get traction that year based on what the organisation is going through. So sometimes mm-hmm. if it's like when we're launching a str- when we were launching the strategy, we knew it was going to be quite broadcast. So when you launch a strategy, you have to have your senior leadership team out there, full noise. Here we come. This is going to be great. It's 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 quite a, an engaging, leading from the front um, approach. So we mm-hmm. focus quite a lot on channels and on events and on that side of delivery. 
But now that we're into the how might we do that, how might we implement some of this, we're really dialing up the voice piece and asking right. our people, right, we know where we need to go, but you're the people who know how we get there. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot more listening events um, mm-hmm. and, and focus groups and things like that. So we are always moving it forward, always moving the six pieces forward, but just at different rates. Right, right. Interesting. Really interesting. And I guess um, listening to employee voice, which is, which is such a fundamental thing of this, um, employee, employee voice can, can also be an incredible power for your organisation externally too, can't it? Because mm. you are, you're looking to not just try and create an engaged workforce, but you are also looking, I'm sure, in, in a, particularly in an organisation like yours, for people to almost become advocates or evangelists or ambassadors for what you are about and how does how do you how do you how have you sort of gone about that and has that been something that you you feel you've been successful at doing yeah i think so we've always got uh, um, always more to do but um i think we've we've been quite successful in it the the little um a uh, little three-word reminder we keep in our heads at all times is um, mm-hmm. do, enable, and influence. And, right. And that's sort of the society's little mantra, really, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Um, what are we all doing in our role that we're paid to do, or our primary volunteering role? What mm-hmm. are we enabling other people to do? So we're, we're encouraging people to think outside of your role and think what other skills you've got that can share or help other people. And then what can you influence? How can you talk to people outside of the organization to draw them to us and help create a, a dementia movement that um, unites everybody who wants to be um, taking on dementia together? And um, so we talk to people a lot about, it's amazing when you talk to people, you find out their best mates, the CEO of some huge organization or they've they just happen to their neighbor happens to be somebody who's incredibly well connected and you yeah. think well talk to them tell them about them tell them what you do day in day out and it's in in some respects it's giving people permission to do that and to say you people seem to be a bit nervous about i might get it wrong or i won't know what to say so mm-hmm. we do a lot of um skill sharing sessions and mock press event type things where we upskill people to say you can't get this wrong go and have a stab and um, your passion for what we do will will make it authentic and genuine and and you will you will do a really good job and you'll connect people with us so we've we've right. done a lot of work on that this year all right i was going to ask you how do you go about actually helping to make that happen do you just expect them to go out there and do it or do you give them some tools and you give them some some training and as you say give them permission which is probably really really important isn't it so you you've answered that that's great and does that tie in again I know um from conversations I've had with you um off air Helen that um, we both very much agree on the importance of the emotional connection that organizations can make with their people um do you do you see that as all being tied up with this sort of ambassadorship yeah, I, I really do think so. It's, it's been really interesting. This um, Last week, we did our management team conference, and I'm sure it's something that quite a lot of people do, and every year we get the, the top 200 people together to give them a really um, important briefing on the year ahead. 
Mm. And in the past, we've done them. We've focused quite strategically. We've talked about what are our objectives next year, what are our KPIs, what's your role in delivering them. And we always make it interactive, but it's been really talking to the head rather than the heart. Mm-hmm. And this year, we changed it completely. Um, we had um, some speakers, um, a lady who um, has dementia, and she's very young. She's, um, well, she's just turned 50. And her daughter, mm-hmm. who has given up university, to support her mom Mm -hmm. um so we we had their story and it's just the most moving um account i've ever heard and so inspirational that you you would imagine she she may be nervous or she she might not um, feel that confident in front of a huge room full of people in quite a corporate um setting and she was just amazing and i i know that and the feedback we've evaluated um it to death like we always do with our events yeah, um, data but, action um, data yeah <laughs> data action data nobody's leaving that room before they're filled in a, <laughs> um, <laughs> the form um but we we know that that has really got to the heart as well as the head it's fired mm-hmm. people up people were the the q a later on in the day was all oh, how can we do more how can we think about what this lady told us and really act on it and um mm-hmm. i think if you're looking for ambassadorship it's it's quite limited if you talk to the the head only um mm-hmm. and and the tech the technique that i've always used which i think is so simple and 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 i hope it doesn't sound too simple um is I always I like try to think Helen. about simple, simple <laughs> It's the it's only great. way my brain works. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, um, I've cheekily been called the queen of the idiot guides because <laughs> I, I can only explain. <laughs> I have to explain it in plain terms to get my own head round it, which um, well, hopefully is helpful to other people. Yeah, no, you're it's totally with you on that one. Come on, sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. So yeah, so, right. um, so the technique I always try and use is for good comms is. What would the conversation look like if it was just two people? So if mm-hmm. I was trying to tell this story to just somebody, I was stood next to them, so there wasn't any problems with technology, take out all the distracting factors, think about how you would tell the story to one person who stood in front of you, and mm-hmm. then just build that up to how that might work in an event or through a different channel. But I think we can sometimes overcomplicate it. And if you were just telling it to one person, you would just start with, this is why it really matters. This is why mm. we're cross about it. Or this is why we're excited about it. Um, mm. And then build up from there, rather than starting with some big, long-winded, strategic plan that, yeah. that you've lost people in the first five minutes. Absolutely. I think, you know, you have to... It's so easy, um, if if you're not careful, to somehow think that because you're talking about some kind of corporate message in inverted commas you therefore have to talk like a corporate robot and you have to wrap jargon and and extra words around it because that's what everyone does don't they well no actually exactly you you want people to understand you you have to talk to them with an understanding of them as an audience and that usually means talking to them um, as if they are um, an idiot. No, that's not what you said at all, is it? No, the queen of the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the best, I'm, I'm the, best example. You know. uh, the best example of it was when we were launching our strategy, and I was um, new into the organisation. So, as you can imagine, head of internal comms, keen to impress, um, had a very short time frame, so only maybe four months to launch. When I would have liked at least twelve. 
um, yeah. the full backing of the senior leadership team because they are stunningly good at Alzheimer's Society and the chief exec in particular is just such an internal comms dream to work with. Um, so very I went in and wanted to do... Oh, I, I know I am. I, I say it every day. He's he's fantastic. Um, yeah, he's really great. Um, so I went in and wanted to do a really good job and... Um, there was this 50-page strategy that I needed to launch, and the best thing I did was I came home that night and I talked to my children about it, and they are um, seven and five, they were at the time. Uh-huh. Right. I said, I need to launch this strategy, and I explained what strategy was. I said, it's like a story about what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, is it a long one or a short one? And uh, I said, uh, it's 50 pages. They're like, 50 pages? Who's going to read a 50-page story? It's too long. And then they said... Um, has it got any pictures? It's like no, not no, not so many, <laughs> not so many pictures really. So their eyes are rolling, and they said, "But is it really funny? Is it really funny?" I said, "No, not so much. <laughs> it's not really funny." And by this time, they're just laughing, saying, "Well, no one's going to read that. There's no pictures. It's not funny, and it's that long. Why would anybody read it?" And you think, well, that's a really good question. Why would anybody Out of the the mouths of babes, yeah. Exactly. And that's what led us to, basically led us to um, how we did our strategy launch, which was very visual, had lots of pictures that were created by people affected by dementia, was all full of storytelling, short snippets. Mm -hmm. Because when you say it out loud to a couple of children, you suddenly realise, yeah, this is is not easy to do... Mm -hmm. um, connect with people in a really corporate long-winded way yeah no absolutely absolutely no it's fascinating and I've, I've seen that myself your your little your little foldy card is that is that what mm. you mean yeah yeah really really clever way to do it and just again plays to these emotional connections with your audience and mm. recognizes that your audience only have a, a few minutes to take in what you're trying to tell them and it really can't be overly complicated and jargon heavy really can it so Mm. i'm fascinated by what you did at your management team conference and 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 how you you brought in uh somebody with with um dementia and their daughter to talk Um, do you have any plans to to broaden that sort of um exposure out to the wider workforce or was that you know was that something that you felt oh yes that really really worked what how else could we do something like that for for everybody yeah, it's it's something that we do um, increasing. Uh, we we do a lot of. Uh, it's it's the mm. charity where I've seen the most um, involvement from the people that we work for and that we're here to mm-hmm. serve. So, mm. um, people affected by dementia are at every level of the organisation, and their voices really, really shapes um, the decision making. It shapes our thinking, our planning, um, and they're very active and um, incredible champions. It's sort of like a a champion in each other. We're Mm -hmm. there for them, and they really um, appreciate and support the work that we do too. So it's a a really lovely environment. There's a real mutuality about it. Yeah, and Mm. I like that, that there's not any way, any sort of hierarchy, or that um, we're not here to do it for them or to them. We're here Mm. to do it with them. And mm. we're only here to enable their voice to be heard, not to say it for them, mm. or we will say it, you know, on their behalf if they're not able to. Um, mm. And I think that that creates a really, really strong connection to the cause. Yeah. But that is what keeps everybody getting up every morning, is, is thinking what we can do to um, 
support people better. And that is a real link back to the organisational purpose, isn't it? Why am I getting out of bed in the morning to do that? But I I love that idea. I love that phrase you just used. We don't do things for people or to them. We do it with them. Um, And I know Mm -hmm. you use that phrase in in the context of your um, dementia sufferers or people with dementia um, and their families. Um, but actually, you could apply that same principle to the to the way your approach to in, in engagement too, couldn't you? Employee engagement, volunteer engagement. From from what you've been describing, you don't do things to your people. You don't do you don't do comms at them. Um, you don't no. do engagement to them. You very much work in a collaborative way. Um, so we've got a minute, just over a minute left. Final question, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. in, in 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 ninety seconds or less. Um, what one thing would you like listeners who've been um, hearing what you've had to say for the last half hour, what one thing would you say to them to to take away and and try and keep front of mind if they really want to try and balance those longer-term objectives with their their day-to-day priorities? Um, I I think my overall message would be keep your eye on the prize. So... Mm -hmm. Try and manage the day-to-day demands and challenges, but think about what really matters for the organisation. No matter how big or small your team is, think about if there was just one of you or a couple of you, what would be the one, two, three things at the most that would make the biggest difference? And don't let anybody stop you um, focusing on those. um, That Whatever comes day-to-day, Hopefully that can contribute to those, but think about what's below the iceberg, not the right. immediate bits and bobs that have to get done. Think about okay. what um, is really going to make the difference. Lovely. Thank you. That's been great. Um, Helen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a really yeah. inspirational um, show, as I, as I suspected it would be. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Helen, for joining us, and goodbye, everybody. Thanks, Phil. It's been a pleasure having you. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.